how failure is essential. It's not bad. And it's certainly not personal. And in every single failure that, that, that I have is a chance to learn and grow. It doesn't mean anything about me. It only means there's something I have to learn. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Okay, so uh, welcome to today's podcast. Today I have with me Ryan, am I saying all right, Ryan Mackey? Yes. Excellent. Welcome, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Great to have you. Great to have you. No, great, great to be here. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm so used to being a host. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, okay. So would you, would you mind just uh, explaining to my audience a little bit about who you are and what you do, please? Yeah. So who am I? So I'm, I'm Ryan Mathy. I'm a personal development expert and professional development expert. I've, I've actually been in the industry for the last 10 years. And I've worked with people all over the world. I've done over 14,000 hours of coaching and training. And I've worked with over 1,200 people. And right now, I have a, I have a small business. We specialize in, in working with new and or underperforming coaches, coaches that want to you know, build a really successful business, but they don't know how. And we, we take them on a bit of a journey. We take them from being a passionate coach and we turn them into a high-performing coach. So we... We show them how to be a better coach, how to be a better entrepreneur, and actually how to grow as a human being. And um, yeah, it's going really well. Loving it. Yes, well, actually, when this probably is, I will. This this podcast will just be going out after I come back from your event. So awesome! That's, yeah, that should be interesting. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you'll have some edits. Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to come up and see if I can, uh, you know, bust some beliefs and. And move, yeah. and, move, and move to the next level. So uh, Great. exciting stuff. Okay, fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit of something about maybe that's going on in your world right now? Yeah, what's going on? You mean, you mean like in the business or? In your business, in your life, whatever you're passionate about, whatever, you know, jacks you up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what's going on in my life right now? Well, I, um, I recently broke up with my girlfriend. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things that had to happen. And, uh, you know, I always believe in these, you know, whatever the truth is, is always the most powerful way to play it, right? The truth is like, for me, it's like your true north, right? So the truth was that that relationship had to end. And it created a lot of space for me to just focus on what I really wanted to focus on. I was already very focused on my business, but now with that new, it's like the afterglow of a breakup, right? People go to the gym. Um, I am, I am running. I am eating healthier again. That's what's happening in my world. But you know, I'm, I'm even more focused than ever on my business, and and I'm loving that. I'm, I'm loving the the space and the attention that I can give to that right now. And um, you know, when relationships are not working, they they take up a lot of your energy. So, in in place of that, I have more energy for you know other things like you know hobbies, friends, family. So so life is good right now. It's great. And um, you know, one of the things that we're working on in our business is we have our first workshop in London. Um, we, we actually service, you know, all across the world. We have clients in America, Australia, across Europe. Um, and uh, But we have a workshop that's happening in London this coming Friday, and it's called How to Grow Your Coaching Business. It's our first workshop, so we're really excited about that. 
and we have you know a bunch of coaches from all around London and even we even have a special coach coming from Wales <laughs> and um, and it's going to be great and it's going to be the start of something um, you know we our, our business is traditionally delivered online that's what we're really passionate about like leveraging the internet leveraging technology so that we can work from anywhere work from any any place you know with our laptop and um, so this is going to be one of the first things we've done actually physically in person because normally everything is done on you know, video call and, and using using our laptops. So yeah, so that that's one of the things that's coming up, and uh, it's all guns blazing for that. Really, we're look, look, really looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. So okay, so let's can we go back a few years? I mean, obviously, uh, I'd like to understand how how you got to where you currently are. So going back to maybe uh, I don't know primary times. Can you tell us some uh, some stories that come to mind from the, that that sort of era? Yeah, primary times. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, you know, like back then, it was all about football. My, my, um, so like we have football in the blood, right? So, um, my great uncle was a guy called Matt Busby. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yep. Right. So he, he was the manager of Manchester United. Like he's, he's basically, he was always rated as the number one manager in the world ever. And then Ferguson came and then it was him and now it's kind of Pep, right? So, I mean, I don't really follow football that much these days, but we were born into football. It was all about football. And, you know, in my mind, I was going to be a professional and that's what it was all about. And um, when I was very young, I was actually very, very good. I was always like one of the best in my class. I, you know, I played for the senior team when I was only about nine. They were three years older than me, which was quite a big deal at that time. Like you're much smaller. And, and, um, and I was pretty good. However, Something happened along the way where as the, as, as kids started to grow up and get faster and stronger, I started to notice that more and more people were either better than me or, or as good. And I didn't have the mental strength to deal with that. And, you know, I didn't know how I was processing it then, but looking at it, you, you know, I just really felt like I, I wasn't good enough to be this professional that I thought I was always going to be. And that was what was running in the background. And, you know, the impact was that I started like missing training. I started, uh, you know, just making excuses. I stopped enjoying it. And, you know, one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I was, you know, I just didn't play because I was, everybody was getting so much better because they were getting more focused. And I was, I was in reverse, mm. you know, and, um, and that, that's a kind of, you know, I, I think it's a thing that a lot of people can relate to when we're young. We have dreams. And then, you know, sometimes if you've got the right support, you've got people like just guiding you along. I didn't have that. Yeah, I was kind of working a lot of stuff out on my own back then. My dad wasn't really around. And um, so, but, and that's how it played out. And, and that, actually, that actually became a theme because I, I know you're probably going to ask me about my teens and my 20s, right? But that became a theme for me. Like, you know, I was always very ambitious. Um, you know, if it wasn't football, it was acting. And if it wasn't acting, it was being a superstar DJ. Like, you know, that, that was a theme for me. And, but the same pattern always kicked in. I was always very good at start. And then when, when I started to play a bigger game, that same pattern of, you know, I'm not good enough for this would start to kick in. Cause if there was a failure or things didn't really work out perfect the first few times, I would just internalize it and make it personal. And that became, like the theme of my life. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely can resonate with that. So, so, so the question then is, how, how did you find a way past that? Yeah. Um, well, 
you know, in, in my 20s, it all kind of, it all became about, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You know, I'm going to build a business. And I was doing a job I really hated at that time, but it was all about the money. It was good money working in the city in London. Um, but I was always scheming to get out of it, right? And tried different ventures. I had no idea about business, like not even the foggiest, but I knew I always had this kind of intrinsic belief underneath all of the I'm not enough. I just knew that if I kept trying to figure stuff out, I would break through somehow. I always deeply believed that, even though I had so much evidence to suggest the contrary. So I think, again, we can resonate with that. It's like there's always an internal conflict, you know, that we are good enough and then, then we're not and we battle with that. So I battled with that all through my 20s, but I never stopped trying. You know, I never, ever gave up. And then something happened where I, I met a new, a new girl and, um, you know, started getting caught up in all that emotional infatuation, right? And um, we, we actually had an argument and then we had the same argument the next weekend and we actually had the same argument every weekend for four weekends, right? And, and the argument was basically, you know, we would go out, you know, I wouldn't see her for a while. I would get insecure. I would challenge her about it, basically argue about it. And I'd make her wrong. She would tell me, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, like it's got nothing to do with me, but... I was so sure it was her fault, right? Because I was feeling neglected or that she wasn't paying me attention. And this same argument in different bars and clubs around London happened four weekends in a row. And on the fourth weekend, we were walking through the streets in Bethnal Green and we were arguing about what happened the previous night, same scenario. And she was like, Ryan, it's nothing to do with me. Now, she must have said those words about 50 times over the course of those four weeks. And up until that moment, it, you know, I'd never ever considered the fact that anything that wasn't really working was something to do with me. Like it was always the circumstances or maybe I wasn't meant to do this or maybe, you know, maybe that wasn't right. And all of these external reasons why I wasn't making things happen. But she said those words, nothing to do with me. And for the first time in my life, I thought, what if it's got something to do with me? And as I asked myself that question, my whole life starts flashing in front of my eyes, right? Because I see so many situations where I was blaming the world, blaming people, blaming the situation. But the consistent factor was me. I was the one there all the time. And I, I'm not lying, Joe. I actually thought I was going to pass out. Like it hit me so hard. My whole life flashed in front of me. And I, I said, look, I need to go home. I just need to go home. I wasn't feeling good at all. But I knew something was, 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 was like something had just happened. I didn't know what, but I knew something happened. So I went home, went into my flat, walked up the stairs, closed the bedroom door, jumped on the bed and cried like a baby. I literally sobbed my heart out and I cried for about four hours because I was releasing all of this sadness, all of this pain of beating myself up, not believing I was good enough, the things I wanted that never really made happen, all the arguments that I started to see I'd been involved in. And I'm not saying I was argumentative, but, you know, I could see all of a sudden that those things that weren't working, it was because what I was bringing. And, you know, it, it was in one hand devastating and and the other side of the same hand, it was truly transformational because I was basically, get, I was becoming free of all of that crap. And I was starting to see it for the first time in a way that was actually based in reality rather than everything that was going on in my head. So at some point through the tears, 
I actually started to smile. I was still crying, but I was smiling because I, I realized I was waking up. Uh, yeah, uh, you, 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 had, you had a cold there for me because uh, oh, at that point where you can actually realize, hang on a minute, it is me. Or I have a part, a bigger part to play in this than what I originally thought. When you explain it to people, you put it beautifully then. But I have trouble verbalizing that and as how impactful it is. Because when you started to say you, 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 you was processing it, when I, when I had the same experience, I felt my head was mashed. Yeah. I, rem- I remember being over, overcome with emotion, but it was, I just didn't know how to process it all. And I didn't really know what was going on because I, I hadn't read much on what was, <laughs> what was going on, you know. But it truly gives you wings, man. It sets you free. Definitely. So, so here's another question. How does, how does someone get to the point, like, I don't know what age you were when that happened, but I was 41 when yeah. I suddenly had this awareness. Yeah. How, do, how does a man get to 41 years old? Did you say how does a man get there? Well, a man or a woman. I mean, I mean you know, but I just yeah. thinking, how does yeah. somebody get to that age and not be aware of that? Um. Well, look, you know, when it happened to me, I was 30, right? And, you know, my my commitment was to having my life work. I was more committed to having my life work than anything else. And up until that point, I was very right about how everything was. I was right about people. I was right about the situations. I was right about everything. But I gave up my attachment to being right so that I could have my life work. And that's that's one of the major shifts that, that people need to make if they want to start having their life work. They've got to stop being right that there's something wrong with them. They've got to stop being right that it's the it's because of what they did to them. They've got to stop being right about that they didn't have a great start. They've got to stop being right that it's everybody else's fault. They've got to give up that um, right to be right and let it all go. And in, in, and when you give all of that up, then then there's a space to actually seeing the truth rather than just seeing something as right or wrong, good or bad, you know, all of that morality stuff, right? So, you know, I was open. That's why this this thing happened to me, and I, I wanted my life to work. That was my priority, and I didn't mind calling myself out for the asshole that I had been because I didn't care about that. I If, if it meant just, you know, looking myself in the eye and, and just giving getting it to myself straight, that's what was going to have my life work. I would do it, right? So a lot of people struggle with that because we we internalize so much about how bad we are and the idea that it's maybe something to do with us, they don't get that as power. They get that as then blame, right? But this is very, it's very distinct from blaming yourself and actually being responsible. See, I didn't blame myself when I had this realization. I was just responsible for like, wow, look what I did. Look what I did that I didn't realize I was doing. Look at the argument I caused. Look at the breakdown I caused. You know, I even stole money when I was a teenager, right? And part of what I went through was I started cleaning up all of those things. I started, I got so responsible that I wrote a list and then went and started putting them right, including going back to the person I'd stole the money from. And I, I gave him the money plus interest. You know, I was only 15 when it happened, but I wanted to clean all of that up. And that all just happened naturally. I didn't, nobody suggested I do it. I didn't read it in a book. It just happened naturally when I, when I got responsible for my life and, um, yeah, started to wake up. So, so to answer your question, it is about giving up this right and being open, being open to there's something that you're missing 
but you have to be open. So many people find that hard to be open. Mm-hmm. And you've got to just like give up, give up all of the fear about what that would mean about you. Give up, give up everything in your commitment to having your life work. And then there's a space. And in that space, something can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. 100%. It's funny you should say that because uh, I, I actually, there's a gentleman that lives across the road that I went to school with. And I, he sort of went to the army and come back. And in school, he's a bit of a dut. <clears throat> I was sort of like the fat kid. And he was the dut that I used to get picked on. Mm-hmm. And because I was the fat kid, it was either usually me or him. <laughs> sure, what I mean? And uh, I said to my wife in passing, I just said, oh, I said, uh, well, I told her what went on. And I said, you know, I, I should have I should have said something during those times on the school bus. Right, I never did because I was never confident or enough to go up and say, you know, Leave him alone. Yeah. So I, I went out, I went up the other day and this is like 27 years ago. <laughs> and I said, look, I said, uh, I said, I, I just wanted to apologize. I said, uh, cause we don't really speak, but it was just in passing. Yeah. I said, I got something to say. And I said, I, you know, I, 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 and I apologize for not being there and, and supporting you when you probably needed help the most. And he, he didn't know what, what to say, he, you know, and I didn't do it to confound the guy, but it, it's just like, I think I put something right. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and I'm sure he felt that. Yeah, yeah, and that's how we come over. But uh, yeah, so I just said that and moved on. I said, "Have a good day and see you later." Like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, and, and that work is when you when you wake up to who you really are, and uh, you realize, like, you see very clearly all of the other things that you did that that wasn't really you. Like, that's not a representation of who you are, who you really are. That was the version of you that was a bit lost or a bit scared and and confused and unconscious you know like all of these things are a result of you know not really being fully aware Mm. so in that awareness like it's a natural thing to start like it's almost like every time you put one of those things right you get a bit of yourself back you know and and the reason that I became a coach is because when I realized all of this stuff over the course of a few days I was like you know all I want to do is give this away because I know I'm not the only person dealing with these kind of challenges and you know, that started my whole journey in, in, into into where I'm at today. Fantastic. Right, what a message to share, man. Thank you. Cool. Okay. So let's um, fast forward a few years. I know you said uh, going through your 20s is a recurring theme. So if you was to say, if I was to ask you, what's the lessons that took you longest to learn? How, how would you phrase that? Okay. Yeah, I think... Um, so yeah, we've talked about responsibility, right? That's a big lesson. The other thing we've just talked about is having integrity, personal integrity. That's what had you go and talk to that guy, right? Because it didn't work what you did. That didn't honor who you are, what you did. And now you you restored that by having a conversation to get it complete. Same for me when I gave the guy the money back. So that's integrity. You know, another thing I did was I started calling all my family and telling them how much I loved them. Because I'd never done that. And I was scared to say it. And I was scared to talk about all the things that we'd never talked about. So I discovered the power of being authentic, actually being me rather than trying to be a version of me that will be, you know, safe in society or approved of. I, I just let all of that go. And and then this this desire, this natural desire to start giving away the insights that I had learned myself, because the lesson was about, you know, at the bottom of all of this, it's not about money. It's about actually contributing and making a difference and having my life count for something. You know, like having my time on this planet means something. 
So, you know, responsibility, integrity, authenticity, and contribution, they were the big lessons that I learned. And there's one more that I'll throw in there. So, you know, I, w- I was always very good at trying things, getting knocked on my ass, getting back up. But I would always try something else eventually, right? So when I failed, when there was a failure, I I, I definitely made it personal. Like I, I would make failure personal. Like, okay, if I failed at that thing, it means I'm not good enough to do that thing, right? So I, I never let failure stop me overall, but it, it stopped me enough because – I, I internalized it and I made it personal. So my relationship with failure wasn't massively empowering, but I made a big shift because I started to then see how failure is essential. It's not bad and it's certainly not personal. And in every single failure that, that, that I have is a chance to learn and grow. It doesn't mean anything about me. It only means there's something I have to learn. And if I'm, if I can see it for that, then I can learn what that is. Then I can apply that learning, repeat the process. And then if I keep going through that over and over again, there'll be success. So, you know, a lot of people get stuck up, like failure is like a bad word, right? And and I learned along the way that it's not. It's just a part of the process. You'll never be able to succeed without it. There's no way around it. And if you want to really get ahead, you've got to try. There will be failure. There's things to learn. And then you repeat that process and you will succeed. So just having that view of failure shift from that it's bad or personal to that it's actually essential for your success. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's quite a, a big one. Uh, that uh, yeah, It is quite a big one. And I bang on about it every episode. And I tell a story of how my, how my boy, I was trying to, you, you got an habit of doing stuff and you sort of quit. And I said, well, why don't you just push it a little bit more until the point where you proper, properly fail and then you can get real some, something really from it and spin it and go back in and adjust as necessary. Yeah. And he said, Dad, like, he said, i got no problem with that. He said, I'm just not interested. So I was like, oh, right, okay, that's fine. If you're not interested, you're not interested. And he said, and besides, he said, it's not, it's not, failure is not a problem, he said, because do you know what fail stands for? And I said, no. And he said, first attempt in learning. And I, I, <laughs> it blew my mind, like you know, when I was like three or four years ago, he told me that. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, having an education from a what was he nine or ten year old, it was, it was refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they haven't been, uh, you know, succumbed to all the other stuff that everybody else is teaching them along the way, right? So, so that's great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's fast forward a few years uh, into the future. Uh, a time of great change. Could you tell us something about the story of, of the the emotions that are going on at that time? Um, let me see. From then, yeah, you know, as a as part of that journey, I ended up working with a, a company. They're the largest company in personal development in the world, right? So my journey led me. To training there, did a lot of development there. I fast-tracked myself through it because everything I'd already learned on my own. And then I started working with that company. I started, you know, coaching at a very high level. Started, you know, I, I worked in America. I worked all over all over Europe as well. And but I all I love being there. And at the same time, I wanted to get out as much as I love being there because I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I wanted to express myself. But I knew I had stuff to learn. But one day. I'd had enough of all of that and, and then left. And 
And in leaving, it was like, okay, so I've had all this incredible training. I learned everything I've already learned along the way as well. All of that combined, like I really get like without any doubt, whatever I put my mind to, I can make work. Like that's who I am. That's how I help people. Like I coached so many people by that point. I really became like a powerhouse, unstoppable. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do with this now? And that's that's when I started building my coaching business. You know, I I eventually I dabbled around a little bit with my coaching business initially because I was working on another business. Like the business angle was still to review itself, but um, I knew that whatever I put my mind to, it was going to work. So that's what I did. And then eventually it was like, right, I want to build this coaching business because that's what my passion is about. That's what I love. And um, I thought, right, I will, I will go and build this coaching business. I'll, I'll go on social media and I'll, I'll learn what everybody else is doing. And then I, I, you know, I saw people inviting people to their Facebook page and blogging, and I, I was like, okay, I'll do all of that. And you know, I did all of that intensely for two whole weeks and created no results. And I was like, okay, that doesn't work because my background was performance. Like everything that we did was all about results, results, results. And here I was bashing out all these actions and creating nothing. And and then it was like, I, I probably had one of the most important insights that I've ever had in my business and in my life at that point, which was I have no idea what the heck I'm doing to build this business. And, the, and just being so straight about it like that, like not trying to dress it up, not trying to like force it an outcome and I'll keep trying. And I wasn't, I wasn't up for that. I wanted to be like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And that makes sense because I've never done it before. Yes. And in that straightness, it was like, okay, well, I know what I need to do. I need to fill the gap. How am I going to do that? Well, I need to work with somebody who's done it all before. And then, you know, that's, that was then the priority to fill that gap. You know, I, I did that. I started working with somebody, invested a lot of money to work with that person. But, I, you know, I just knew that if I got what I needed, I would be able to make things work because I knew what I was doing as a coach. I just didn't know the business part of coaching, right? Hmm. Um, and then, you know, within four months, I had you know, really incredible results. I had like four, I think I'd, I'd spent about 20K on what I needed to get and I'd, I'd returned about 60K in a matter of months. It was like, okay, I'm onto something now. I've got that. And everything was coming from making a difference. Like everything was grounded in just serving people and, and building an incredible business. So that, so that was a really great period of, of, of like, I trained and trained and trained. And then it was like, okay, now I'm out on the court. Like really, I'm not on somebody else's court. I'm making my own game up. I'm on my court. And it was like, I was just playing full out and, and, and learning how to master that new game that I played. And it was, a phenomenal period there was still a huge amount of failure invested a lot of money half of it didn't really turn out at the time but you know it always teaches us something along the way and um you know it was just, but all of it was a testament to everything that i kind of went through because normally 10 years before that i would have failed and then i would have quit and i would have tried something else and i'd still be on that merry-go-round but you know it's just everything's been like a straight arrow as a result of just realizing all the things that we've already shared so far in this conversation. I like it. Yeah, no, if uh, you knew what you want and then you, you, you know, like I say, you fill the gap. I like that. I like that uh, expression. Okay. So if um, life was to be happening for you and not to you, what lesson would you say you were gifted? I think it's, um, I have this term that I've discovered along the way. And um, 
you know, I, I realized, I started to really, really understand the, 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 the power of our beliefs and how that shapes everything that we experience in life, right? Like if I believe, um, you know, I'm not enough, then I will keep finding evidence for that. I'll keep acting consistent with that, right? Which is what I did for the first 30 years. That's what I did when I was a football, you know, trying to be a football player. Um, you know, if you believe you can get that job, you'll apply for it. If you believe you can't get that job, you won't apply for it, right? But our beliefs are so, they're literally, they're like a puppeteer in the background pulling the strings, right? Like, if, 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 if I believe that, for example, you obviously believe something about how this conversation would go that had you invite me to have it. Now, if you, if you believe this was going to be a car crash, your brain just wouldn't allow you to send me the invite or talk to me about it, right? Yeah. So our beliefs are literally like, pulling all the strings so so i learned that along the way and i teach that now to quite a big extent and i i kind of kind of i came across this term where it's about having an unshakable belief so i've busted all those other beliefs i've created these new ways to believe in myself and i've helped other people do it and i show people how to do that with their clients but i was like what what about if we just had an unshakable belief in ourselves and our clients and the people that we're helping like and that we can do whatever we want to do, right? An unshakable belief so that we can be unstoppable and make things happen. And that's literally, you know, what I'm seeing more and more, like, because now the people in my community, they're starting to use that language, like it's starting to be this thing. And it's very evident for me, like that's, that's kind of what it's about. Like, because at the core of everything is those beliefs. So if we can cultivate and nurture an unshakable belief in ourselves, anything is possible. So I think that's the answer to your question. Thank you. Okay. Um, how do you deal with and view obstacles in life? Um, I look at the obstacle. I work out how I can get around it or how I can smash through it. I, I see obstacles as just the next breakthrough to have. Yeah. I, like, so I, I like that. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the last time I said I can't. With you, that's, that's, I like I like the way you, you phrase that. So it's not an obstacle; it's an opportunity for breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just came off a coaching call with a client uh, just before I jumped on this podcast, and you know she's dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, and and I took that stuff she was dealing with, and I showed her like a new way to relate, to it, a new way to look at it, and and her eyes just completely lit up, and I, I said, look. What we're doing all the time is we're turning everything into gold. Like everything is an opportunity for something, right? Every every single thing. It's a little bit like I don't know if you cook, right? Or I, love I, don't, know, you, I don't know if you've ever made bone broth. You ever made bone broth? I know what it is though. Right. So with bone broth, you literally like all the stuff that most people would throw in the bin. You put all of that in a slow cooker. Two days later, you've got something that's super healthy, right? And people even throw things like eggshells in there and the, the ends of carrots and everything goes in there. And then all the goodness is extracted in a slow process for a couple of days and then you drink it or you make or you use it as a stock. That's, that's kind of, that's what I'm talking about. Like everything in life is an opportunity for something, like something to be created, something to be discovered, something to be learned from, something to be turned into whatever it might seem into something powerful and golden that can actually forward you or change your life forever. So that, that, that continues to amaze me. Like the fact that you can, you can have conversations with people and just by shifting perspective, 
like you just said, that that's what got me hooked on coaching was working with somebody. And I, we shifted something and his, his eyes sort of went in the back of his head and I thought, oh, something's happened by you. Yeah. And then like, I, I come off, it was the first call I'd ever done. And I got off the car, I had a cheesy grin from year to year. I turned around to my wife and I said, this is it. Yeah. I want that feeling every day. <laughs> you know, that, that's transformation. You know, like transformation is essentially a shift in the way that you're seeing something. And that shift can take 0.00001 of a second, but it changes everything because that shift in the way you see something has an influence on how you feel, how you think, your actions, and of course, the results. And that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. Um, can you tell me a story about something that has amazed you? God, I mean, every, it's, it's almost like a hard thing to, because my whole day is like that. You know, like, again, just earlier today, having a conversation with somebody. Yeah, I'll, I'll share this, right? Because it doesn't need to be this huge thing, but it's a, it's a real thing, right? Um, yeah, I was working with somebody today and she's got, she's got a lot of stuff going on with her business, but a lot of stuff going on in her relationship at home. And she really wants to thrive in her business. And, but the relationship, the, it's not working, right? There's an there's unworkability because there's stuff going on that they haven't spoke about. And I'm there, you know, like talking to her about how we can propel her in her business. But I know that it's just not going to work because we, she's got all this stuff going on, going on in her personal life. So I was like, okay, look, let's just pause all of that. And let's look at what this is really about because you've got to deal with this thing. Until you deal with that thing, you won't be able to have all of that work. And I, I, put, I put all of the business stuff to the side, even though it was all business related, right? But it's all connected. And I just basically gave her so much. I, I gave her so much um, time and support to get what she needed in her mind about how she could deal with that relationship. And, um, you know, she's not a, a client, somebody that we're just, we're just talking, we're trying to work together. Right. And, um, but she got, she got so touched. She was so touched by, um, that how, how much I was willing to help her, even though she wasn't a client. And, and I was touched that she was appreciative of that, you know, because it is a two way thing. I, I don't just do my job because I get to make a difference. It makes me feel incredible. In that moment today was just a perfect example of me just being there. I'm not, I'm not attached to anything. I just want to make a difference and I will take more time to do that. And I took more time to do that. I gave her, gave her everything that I thought I could potentially give her at that point. And she got it. You know, she really, she really got the, um, that, that willingness to just help her without asking for anything or expecting anything. And I really appreciated that she got that. I didn't need her to get it. But, you know, like she just looked at me in the eyes and, you know, allowed her emotion to come through and, and, and thank me for it. And it was a beautiful moment, a very beautiful moment, which is basically what, why I do what I do. I love it. Excellent. Okay. Um, so looking into the future, I know you just said you don't do futures, but let's have a go with this one. Looking into the future, what could be the craziest and most exciting thing that you could be experiencing? You know, one of one of the things that we we have in our business is when when people work with us, we something good happens in the world. Like we have a partnership with this organization called B1G1, and and so we have this thing set up. I, I created this thing called a million impacts repeat. So 
every time we do business or something happens, we we send a bunch of uh, free days of e-learning for children in India. So they're learning how to use like you know um, laptops and the internet. And then we've we found out that they're now going and sharing that with their mums and their dads and the people who are like older in the community, right? So it's having this really cool effect. So when you ask me that question, I see that we like that we keep contributing to that cause and at some point we go over to India and I don't know, like it's maybe not like the wildest and craziest things, but it's just the thing that came up for me, like to just go and actually feel presently connected with that community that, you know, that we've made a contribute a contribution. Like we you know, people would have made a bigger contribution, but we 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 really love like what they're getting to access over there. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's that we invite all of our clients to come and maybe maybe it's that we invite our, our, our community to somehow contribute so that they're involved and they're connected. And we've got this, you know, mass amount of people that somehow contribute to that community. And then, you know, whoever, whoever wants to go over, we go over and we actually experience it and we get involved in it and we see it for real. And um, so that's kind of, it's not as wild and crazy, but it's kind of, magical and, and inspiring yeah yeah no, that fits the bill man it's uh that's that's actually doing something similar is on on my agenda for the future so yeah pretty cool yeah i love it okay so uh last question is where can the audience find you and on what platforms where can everyone find me so i'm very active on facebook um and you can just find me you know my personal profile um which is, I think it's like forward slash Mr. Dot Ryan Matthew. I'm not sure I'm going to have to tell you about that. I, I used to have Ryan Matthew and then I don't know why I changed it. And then there's somebody on X Factor called Ryan Matthew and then he stole it. So I was kicking myself because I was one of the first to use Facebook in the UK, right? So, um, but yeah, I think um, so I'll, I'll give you my link, but certainly Ryan Matthew on Facebook and you'll see me there. I have a, a community on Facebook of, We've got about nearly a thousand other coaches now in that community, and I show up there a lot. I do a lot of free uh, Facebook lives, and we do a lot of interviews in there. Um, and that's a really cool place to be. And that's called, you know, that that is specifically for coaches. So that's called how to attract more committed clients. Um, so that's the name of the Facebook group. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn and Facebook. So if you search for me on LinkedIn, I think it's just forward slash Ryan dot and uh, yeah, I show up a lot on LinkedIn. And then our website, which is, um, it's called morecommittedclients.com. Um, I've also got a personal website with some other things there. It's just ryanmatthew.com. So yeah, that, that's where you can find me online. Excellent stuff. Okay, Ryan. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a lovely to have you on and get your perspectives on, uh, on life and what you've gone through. So thank, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, Thanks for listening. If you're out there listening, I hope it's made a difference to you. And, you know, I hope that, you know, you get something out of this that you can actually put into action and, um, you know, just see new results for yourself. And thanks for having me, Joe. No problem. No problem. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joe Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. 